I'm Holly. And I'm Bridget. And this is Girls Next Level. Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. We have a very special guest with us today. When Bridget and I lived at the mansion, Katie Manzella was a teenager who would often come to the mansion. Her mother was a playmate in the 70s, Sandra Theodore, and you may have seen her on Secrets of Playboy Season 2. We're super excited to talk to her today, get to know her better, and get her unique perspective. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you for having me. It's <laughs> really nostalgic, as I said to you earlier. Aww. This feels really special. Yeah. yeah, we are so excited to have you because, I mean, we just, like Holly just said, we just knew you as like a teenager. <laughs> and so now I feel like we get to know you as an adult. And I feel like that's true with like Cooper and, or um, sorry, Marston <laughs> and um, Colin. Colin. Yeah. I was putting Colin and Marston kind of together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's so weird is I feel like season two of this podcast, the theme with the guests, it's all been people who kind of grew up at the mansion in one way or another. And we definitely want to talk to you about that. Like you were going there basically since you were born. Right. Yeah. What is the first memory you have? You know, I, it's, they're all kind of, you know, kind of fuzzy, but my first like real, like real core memories of being there, like swimming in the grotto and Mm -hmm. like, um, like when my mom would bring me and my brother up on like probably like a Sunday or something and going in the game room and like playing on the pinball machine that my mom's on. So those are like oh, my – Oh, I didn't and like think going, about that. How special. Yeah, and then like going in the cage with the monkeys. Like yeah. those are like my core like early childhood memories. But I mean honestly swimming in the grotto was like so fun for me when I was little and I thought there was like a shark in the deep end of the pool. Yeah, like I was like – I was so young but like, you know, we were good swimmers so we – we, no one was watching us. It was just like me and my brother, like just swimming while my mom's hanging out with her friends. So it was all very like, you know, fun and like mm-hmm. a big playground for me when I was little. About how often would you come up? You'd probably come to Easter every yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. But- I came to Easter like every year pretty mm-hmm. much until like maybe the last few years of Hef's life. I like oh, wow. m- maybe stopped going because it was starting to get a little weird for me there. Oh, we'll I get understand. Into that. We what, get yeah. Into that. But yeah, I went every Easter. Um, and then I think my mom would just bring me up to like see her friends. And then when I got older, it was like when my dad would take me more and then I got mm-hmm. went to the party. So, oh. <laughs> And weren't yeah. you referred to as the mansion baby for a while? Because weren't you like the first like baby of a playmate? I was mean, kinda like I don't know if I was necessarily the first, but I was definitely like one of the – I think – it was very rare for someone mm-hmm. to have like the kind of privileges I had there as a mansion baby. And I think maybe it, I might have been maybe like the only like ex-girlfriend of it, like, yeah. like a child of like an ex-girlfriend to really have that kind of experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, like throughout his life, like I know there were others like after me that might have had, but, but they, I think it was more like early childhood for them. So I had like my whole kind of like childhood into like early adulthood there so yeah they called this mansion babies yeah <laughs> I feel so. like Therese was the mansion baby totally we there. <laughs> and I would like babysit her there yeah. and it was so like wild for me because I'd be like watching her swim in the grotto and she had like the curly hair like yeah, I had so when I was cute. little and yeah. like and I'd go take her to play in the game room so it was like oh my I'm like oh my god I'm like watching my childhood through this yeah. it was really it's such a trip people don't really understand like Playboy was actually like quite a family, which is also the cult vibes, I yeah. guess, too. But it really was like a big family for me. Yeah. Well, that was actually kind of my question. Like, what was the mansion like for you? 
Like what, what did it feel like for you when you were going up there? You know, cause people have such preconceived notions and then they have what they saw in girls next door. But right. what was it like for you? I mean, it just felt like a very safe place for me. It was, I mean, it was magic, but because it's where I was, you know, what I had known, like my whole life, it wasn't like weird to me or, you mm-hmm. know, and I grew up around, you know, a lot of, you know, wealthy children in my, from like, you know, my childhood. So I was used to like the big houses and all that. So it wasn't like, I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, but Hef's house was definitely very special with the, I mean, all the the animals and even just everything. There was a magic to that place. And I just felt at home there and and loved because everyone would see me and be Mm -hmm. so happy to see me. Like, so it just made me feel very deeply loved when I was there. There was kind of a feeling like that. Like it wasn't, I mean, I was just a random girl who came to the Sunday pool party. (laughs) So it wasn't like, like I was this beloved child or anything. But I remember even when I would come up on Sundays before I was involved with Hef at all, there was this feeling like, I would feel like I would walk up there and everybody was happy to see me and remembered my name, everybody from the other guests to staff. And I was just like, whoa, it was easy to feel like that was kind of like your home base social life. Exactly. It was like a country club. It was Mm -hmm. like a whimsical, magical country club. Like it was and where everyone knows your name. Like it was just really like, it just made you feel at home. And, you know, I'm sure there was like drama going on amongst like certain like regulars there but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get caught up in that I was just having fun yeah so well this wasn't one of my questions but because you brought it up like it was like a family and then you said like but also like a maybe that's the cult vibe yeah because um I, I just feel like we should talk about that a little bit more like what differentiates like it's a family but then when does it tip to cult like right I mean I definitely don't think it's like a traditional like cult like situation but there definitely has that like mentality of you know keeping you know your these people super like close and loyal to you so that even in your death like you have this army of people who are gonna defend you no matter what is said about you that is true they're not gonna hear it and they're gonna fight to the death like you know it's like Mm -hmm. it so it's I think it was just about like making sure like he had that entourage almost too like and I hate saying that because I it's really hard for me to like not see half as the half that I had known my whole life you know it really is has been really sad for me but I think we are such multi-dimensional people like we have many layers and aspects to our identity and I do believe the goodness I saw in half like there was truth to that but I also think like he wanted to keep this whole, you know, I knew I, he must have known like on some level people might speak up one day about the, their truth. And, you know, he has this whole army of people. I don't know. I, I guess that doesn't really make sense as like if it being no. a cult. But like, I don't know. It just makes me think he wanted to keep a lot of people close to him. I think it makes 100% mm-hmm. sense. Okay. And even when I was there and like totally in love with Hef and totally thought he was the greatest ever, I definitely had that feeling like, well, I think he keeps like all his exes on the list and makes right. them feel really welcome because he knows that the invitations to the parties are so coveted that he wants to like keep everybody happy that way. And that's kind of like a carrot he can dangle. And I think another thing when you talk about like cult versus family, I think another element that, you know, people out there who might be listening, who've just never been involved in anything like that need to know is every cult has a way of making you feel good and included and like it's a family. Like nobody goes and joins a cult because they're like, you know what? I hate myself. So I'm going to go to a place where I'm going to be forced to drink poison Kool-Aid. Nobody does that. Everybody joins because 
because they feel belonging and it feels good in the beginning. Yeah. And that's why when people are like question like why people stay in mm -hmm. an environment like that. And it's like I have so much compassion for why people stay. I'm like my mom. It's like I, when she first was like turning against tough, I was like, well, if it was so bad, why did you stay? And it's like, because it wasn't so bad. And he knew how to manipulate yeah. her and target someone's vulnerabilities and like make them feel so special one minute. And then the next minute they're, you know, he's being like, you know, tearing down her sense of self mm -hmm. and, you know, so. But even when there's good stuff, there's still the bad. Totally. You know, yeah. like. 100%. And I, like, and I, and now that, like, I know what I know now, I'm like, of course he was a, a fucking asshole. Oh, my <laughs> God. That makes so much sense to me. Like, how could I not, like, see that before? That makes so much sense. But I didn't have that, like, direct experience with him. You know, he was always. But I see now when he saw me, and I would like to believe there was truth in his joy in seeing me. I also know he was, like, he knew how to charm and he was charming me and making me on, you know, like be on his side and, you know, mm. adore yeah. him. So I think it's both. I think yeah. like Bridget and I were talking about this in an episode not long ago about how when an ex-girlfriend, like maybe the woman he dated right before me would come up, he would just like light up and make the biggest deal about right. her. And we think it's like twofold. I mean, yeah, there's definitely, well, actually threefold. There's definitely the part where he wants to keep everybody talking good about him and in the good graces and feeling special. But also I feel like sometimes with certain people, part of it was to make his current girlfriends feel like shit. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to drop all you guys and run over to the last girl because right. she was amazing and you can never live up. But then also I do think there was a genuine sentimentality and he was yeah. happy to see those people. Right. I, really I don't do. think either one cancels the other out. Yeah. I think it was all of those I things. I think he was a very complicated man. 100%. And I think he did – a lot of, you know, not so good things in his life, but I also think that there was that there was a light in him, and I think that yeah, he just was a very complicated man, mm -hmm. and it's not like it doesn't mean what he did that was like that hurt people is is forgivable or any of that. It just means that he, he's a man. he's a man. I mean, yeah, kind of a lot of men. Are, yeah, they don't cancel yeah. each other out. Like the good things don't make the bad things untrue, and the yeah. bad things don't make the good things untrue. You know. But it can make me feel like sometimes, like God, is something wrong with me that I like hold like these good memories of him and like still like I'm very fond of him. It's like oh, well, maybe I should go to therapy about this. But it's like no, because. That was real too. But it's why we wanted you on the show today too, because I relate to what you're saying yeah. so much because I feel like my memories of Hef are very fond. And even though I've seen him act a certain way and especially towards Holly, my memories are still very fond and my, and my thoughts of the mansion are still fond. But then I can't deny that these things are happening. Totally. And the same for you. Your your memories are fond of the mansion in half, but you can't deny what happened to your mom. Absolutely. So it and it's hard. It's hard to like go, wait, these this is the same person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And these can both be true. But in your brain, you're like, no, I have to pick a side. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, but that's what I think it's so important for people to understand, to have like compassion for people who are in environments like this, that one person might have a completely different experience and like doesn't mean that the other person's experience isn't true. Or valid mm -hmm. and I think so many people are like no it has to be this one way otherwise everyone else is a liar and it's like no that's so like far from the truth and I think it's important for people to open their minds to the fact that there can be like more than one truth in a situation and you can still honor your experience while respecting another person's experience so well and I also think that looking back on things like 
Holly and your mom and you and me, our opinions can change on things. Totally. Like we might have thought everything was great at the moment, yeah. but now looking back on it and and doing the podcast and rehashing things and stuff, you're like, wait a minute. Oh, maybe that maybe that wasn't cool. Yeah. They yeah. did that. Maybe and you start thinking and you have different thoughts on it and different feelings towards it. And those might change again Absolutely. the further we go. I mean, my mind's changed so much over this stuff, like over the years. And I know it'll continue. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. It's like we're allowed to change our minds and like shift our perspectives. And so, yeah, it's definitely been a journey of yeah, my perspective on things. So. We learn and we grow and we hear more stories yeah. and maybe they're yeah. good stories and maybe they're bad stories, but each one kind of affects us and changes how we see that situation that we were all in mm-hmm. or family that we were all in or cult <laughs> that we were all in. <laughs> um, you kind of t- touched on this a little bit um, when you first started talking, but did you feel that there were people there for the wrong reasons? I mean, I definitely feel like there are people there that wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for, like, you know, what have had to offer them, like, mm-hmm. all the fun parties and this, the whole lifestyle. I mean, he was – that's the thing, too. He was very generous. Like, you know, he fed people countless meals and, you know, I, I think there are definitely people there for the – for, you know. The perks. The perks, yeah. So – but I do think still those people love tough, but I think it was, like, a very, like, worshipy kind of – love. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could do no wrong. Exactly. I was curious, did you aspire to be a playmate? You know, I definitely, I think probably when I was like 16, 17, maybe like I had my bleach blonde hair and, you know, I was like (laughs) definitely like more, you know, I was a different vibe and I, I wanted like, you know, a nose job and fake boobs and my dad wouldn't let me and I was like, fine. <laughs> and then I guess they were doing like a, a shoot with like some of the daughters of Playmates mm-hmm. and I think Allison actually was like, oh, you should do it, Katie. And then my mom and dad <laughs> found out that like Allison was trying to get me to do it. And um, <laughs> they were so mad. They're like, no. And it's so funny to me because like my dad managed Playmates and like my mm-hmm. mom was one, but they were just, they did not want that for me. And I, and I was like, okay, and that's fine. And I'm, I don't think I would have regretted it if I did it, but I'm, it just wasn't part of my journey to go down that road. And yeah. It's funny. That was my very next question. Would your parents have been supportive of that? They weren't. Yeah, they did not. (laughs) Which is shocking. It really is shocking. But maybe what we know now, it's not as shocking. shocking. Yeah, I get it now. My mom, like, it was like her knowing, like, what I, without having tell like I didn't know what she had gone through but it was just her not being ready to tell me yeah but if you would have told me, me that at the time yeah. that they weren't supportive of that I would have been like what I know, yeah. what are you even talking about yeah. how of all people <laughs> um tell me about your relationship with your mom growing up were you guys really close you know we had a really I mean I think a lot of mother-daughter relationships can be kind of crazy but we had a hard time you know she was a single mom and then she remarried and that was a very um toxic relationship and I felt like I kind of lost my mom in that relationship Mm -hmm. and he was very like um, he was like a born again Christian, so he was like very strict and crazy. And so it was like, hello, I grew up at the Playboy Mansion. Like these rules aren't <laughs> yeah. gonna work for me. Like, <laughs> like this is. And my dad's like so chill and cool. Like it was just complete night and day. I was like, I felt like I was like just a prisoner. So that really, he like isolated. He so it was like, oh my god, my mom is like repeating the cycles. Like mm-hmm. my dad was like a good man that she was with, but he was also just like wanting to, you know, stay young forever and have fun. And so 
their relationship wasn't meant to last long and they were just meant to bring me and my brother here. But my mom like remarrying, it was just like that my ex-stepdad, like it was just her repeating the cycle of being in like really abusive relationships with like a narcissist yeah. and a manipulative man who, you know, and so that was really hard on our relationship. Um, but I always, we always found a way to like always return it to love. And even when we were going through our hardest chapters, like we would always come back to each other and remember like what matters and and now we're really close and I can tell her anything and you know I mean she still can drive me crazy but I <laughs> I love her you know and yeah. I have so much compassion for her and she's such a beautiful soul and she just and everything where I was like what is wrong with this woman like when I was younger I'm like <laughs> I completely get it now and I see how young she was when she had me and how young she was when she was with Hef and you know and I would look at those pictures of like her photo albums when I was younger of her with half and I was I she seemed so much older to me and I'm like mm -hmm. god she was like 19 like yeah. and 20 like that's so young like I was insane at that age so it's like <laughs> I'm just like I have so much compassion for her now so yeah we've done a lot of healing and it and I think her being able to tell her story as painful as it was and as angry as I was at first like why would you raise me around this like why would you bring me around this man I don't get it it's like I completely get it now and I have it just brought us closer together because I understand her so much more. Yeah, awesome. it kind of leads to my next question. I was curious when you were growing up, what did you know about your mom's relationship with with Hef? Like, did you know that they dated? Did you? Yeah, I did. I I just I thought they he was just a part of her, you know, early life, and that they remained friends. I mean, I knew so, like she would say like some things like, oh, he kept me from like pursuing my career or, you know, and how like he left her for, you know, like another woman. Like, so I knew like those, but I, like stories, but I didn't know like all the other yeah. trauma and abuse. But yeah, I mean, I just thought they were just buds throughout the years. And that's where my parents met. So it just felt like they were, it was just a part of her world. And, um, but yeah, I just, and that, the way like half, you know, saw my mom and it was just always so magical to see their exchange. And it just made, you know, I know he was making her feel so special. It made me feel special to be like, oh, I'm a product of this woman who this very powerful man is, you know, was with. It was just very, it was, I mean, there's no words. It was just a very special like experience for me to see their dynamic. And then, you know, it was like a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. How much do you think your dad knew about their relationship? I think he he knew a lot. Yeah, I think he knew a lot because he was actually one of the people when I started finding everything out. He was like, yeah, your mom went through a really a lot of like horrible things, actually. Like, I don't, you don't know if you used that word exactly, but like he was totally on my mom's side and it made me feel really good like that he knew that like and he, you know. He knew Hef. Like, he was yeah. friends with Hef. So he he knew that Hef wasn't Mr. Perfect. <laughs> so right. And that he had, like, kind of a, a you know, a darker side to his um, personality. Growing up, did you believe that the relationship with Hef and your mom was a positive one, a happy one? Yeah, I really did. Because, like, the pictures I saw, everything looked so magical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and she didn't tell me about. Like, she, you know, it was, like, only, like, those two stories, really, of, like, keeping her from pursuing a career. And then even though I feel like, he did let her pursue her career in ways that worked for him, mm -hmm. but um, but and just like knowing about the women that he ended up like dating after, and whenever I'd see her at the Easter egg hunts, I'd always just be like, so just like <laughs> kind of snotty towards her. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 
that's <laughs> 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 so, like what I remember. <laughs> but then they remained friends. Like her, she would be at like my birthday parties when I was little with like mm-hmm. her children. It's, so it's like that's oh very gosh. culty. Like yeah, at, like even like the women, like not not a lot of women like hang around the women that like your ex-boyfriend left you for like that's a little interesting <laughs> but one of the things you said is you saw all the pictures and you saw how happy yeah and everything. it just looks like so much fun especially it was like the 70s like oh my and like the early 80s it was like party time you know yeah. it was like it was just so fun looking so I just thought she and then you know all the women that were I was you know grew up around as a child were like a lot of her playmate friends or you know people that were friends with Hef and so it just I just associated her time there as a positive one too because it was her sisterhood, her friends. Yeah. So I mean, I the the women that I grew up around were like more like family to me than my actual family. Mm-hmm. So Well, the reason I brought that up again is just because people point to Holly and say, Look at the photos, you look right. at look at the show. You're so yeah. having so much fun. You're smiling, you're laughing, look at what you got out of it. And and they use that against right. women to like or anybody really, but they use it against us to like, especially Holly and your mom. Oh yeah. Look at the photos though. I know. I you can't mean, tell me you're miserable. One of her the one of her, you know, former friends, now that most of her friends have turned against my mom since she, you know, shared her truth. Um, they would post pictures of my mom, like all happy and smiling, like, look, she's a liar. It's like, that doesn't mean, like, that's so crazy to me. I mean, I have like, you know, and it's like, I've been through some hard times in my life and I have pictures and I'm smiling in the pictures. It's like, doesn't mean that like, it's just. That's what you're literally told to do in photos. Smile for the camera. Right. And you don't want to be like, even when you're miserable, you don't want to be like that asshole who's looking like shit in the photos. Cause I have this night where we went out long ago. It was like 2003. Things were miserable at the house like none of the all the girls were fighting and I was just I had so had it I just had this stoic look on my face I was pissed and then we were leaving the club and Paris Hilton comes up to take a picture with Hef and I'm just over it I don't give a shit if I'm ruining this photo fuck him but there was like a this was before TMZ but somebody was taking a video of it and that video still lives on like on TikTok right. everybody's tagging me in that video like Holly explain this Holly explain this that's why people try to make it look like everything's okay in the photos mm-hmm. is because if you're the one person with like resting bitch face people are gonna be like what the fuck what's right you know it's yeah. you're making a statement you know absolutely and it's also like you, you can still experience like different emotions when you're in a hard time too so it's like and I think like half was such like a you know he's so good at like you know making everyone happy in certain moments too and I think in those moments he probably was like reeling Mm -hmm. my mom in as well like you know making her feel special or something and then like you know the next minute it was like he was you know doing something crazy that was making her like feel like worthless and unlovable Mm -hmm. you know yeah Yeah. so yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> was Secrets of Playboy the first time you found out that things weren't so happy with your mom? Yeah, I mean, it was like really in like 2011, she started talking to this woman who was on the Secrets of Playboy, Mickey. And mm-hmm. I was like, always like, who is my mom talking to? They're so annoying. Like, <laughs> enough. <laughs> like, and it was like, I associated Mickey with like when my mom turned on half. And I was just like, I don't like this Mickey lady. What is happening? Like, and you know, now I get it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I, I didn't, and I'd be like, mom, can you please tell me like what is going on? And she just wouldn't tell me. And it, then it's like next minute I'm like going to Sunday fun day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I get it. She probably didn't want to like ruin that for yeah. me too. And, um, I think she just didn't, I think it was just, she didn't know how to like talk about it to me then. Um, 
So, yeah, it was years before I finally figured out what – I wa- it was, like, literally watching that show. Like, yeah. she didn't even tell me, like – before it aired what I was going to be learning. Like, so as soon as it started her main, like, like main episode that she was like mostly in, like I was just crying the whole episode. I discovered so much about my mom in that like hour. And I understood why she didn't tell me yet. Yeah. Like what I said, like, I feel like she didn't want to like take away like my good experience there yet. Cause he was still alive when she was had changed the story about him. And so I think she wanted to like, let me like enjoy it still, which is, you know, interesting but uh, I get it and then I think it was like that's exhausting to explain all that like of course she didn't want to have to go down that road again and tell me all that after she just like did it on camera like so I think it was easier for her to tell me by me watching the show yeah it's also very personal and kind of embarrassing especially with your daughter maybe not with a girlfriend but like totally to to tell your daughter some of those about the orgies and stuff and it's like I'm so such a free spirit like I'm like really like like orgies I mean is that really a big deal I'm like of course it was like that was probably so hard on her like I think that was it too like she knew that I'm like kind of very like free spirit and that maybe Mm -hmm. I would have like not like been like well, what's the big deal about like doing cocaine and all this stuff? And it's like, well, it's because it was a big deal to her and like what she went through was very traumatic. And I have to honor that just because like I've done things in my life from like I didn't walk away from those with like as much trauma as she did doesn't mean that she didn't experience that level of trauma from her experiences. So. Well, and I also think people are sometimes traumatized by the word orgy too. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a big word. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. maybe – just partying in the bedroom, yeah. or having, but, but when you call it an orgy, right. then all of a sudden it seems dirtier or more yeah. scandalous right. or I don't know. I just feel like their words have so much power to them. Yeah. They do. And I think my mom is like, at, like she actually is like, she's, a, you know, she's a Sagittarius. She's pretty wild and free, but like, she's also very like conservative and like, you know, very innocent. I mean, when you look at pictures of her when she was young, I mean, she was like the American girl. I mean, she was very innocent. And so she lost her virginity to half. Like, she was very pure. So like, you know, I think she feels like shame probably for like losing her innocence in that place. But we all lose our innocence in ways, I guess, you know, but um, I think it was important for her to voice so she could finally start healing. But I think it was also like, whoa, like that is... I went through all that, like, that's, and so I get it. She didn't want to talk to me about it. What were your emotions when you were watching it? I know you said you were crying and stuff, but were you mad? Were you wanting to throw stuff at the TV saying, stop saying these lies? (laughs) Like, what were you thinking? I was mad before, like, because I was confused. And I was like, well, I was like, along with all the other people who liked to be like, well, if it was so bad, then why do you stay? Like, I was just really confused, like, why she would bring me around like a predator, you know? That confused me. But now Mm -hmm. I completely get it because he wasn't just a predator. Like, he chose his, like, you know, his target. They know how to choose the perfect person to put through with you know what you've gone through and what my mom went through it's not like it's very calculated and they don't do it to everyone and so I was so I didn't experience so I was able to be like oh I didn't experience that but so I don't have to be like I can understand that she brought me around there because 
there was also that side of him that was really magical and cool to her too that made her feel loved mm -hmm. and special and it was like her whole world her family a lot of people stay in abusive or toxic environments or habits and it's hard to just stop or walk away from something that's like your whole world like it's really scary like you know to just walk away from something that's like your yeah. world You're, I mean she lost so much by sharing her truth finally all of her friends pretty much so of course she wasn't trying to do that back then because she would have no friends like and be all alone like that's really sad so I had all this compassion and I like just so much like everything just clicked and I was like oh, I get it I completely get it yeah and she didn't raise me around a toxic environment because it wasn't toxic for me she brought me around a place where I felt so loved and had so much fun and I am like so grateful for my experience there yeah that's one thing I really wish I could talk to your mom about is because I know like yeah. ever since Secrets of Playboy, like she got a lot of criticism. Well, why did you still go back? Right. But I know what it's like. And I, there was a time after I left that I'd had it enough so that I left, but I would still go back every once in a while to film something or go back for, you know, a Wednesday night, hang out with the playmates or something right. like that. Because I mean, there's so many factors. Like, first of all, it takes a long time to really get deprogrammed right. and really realize what you've been through. But also, like you said, like she has a lot of friends who are good people who are still in that world. And a lot of times I feel like for me too, when I left that place, it's like, okay, so there was a lot of negative, but I wanted so badly to turn it into a net positive. And just by like brushing over everything and just being like, okay, well, we can like maintain this kind of like friendship or acquaintanceship. You know, you're trying to like, tie it all up in this bow that makes everything okay. And, you know, over time, sometimes those feelings come up and you can't do that. But there's so many valid reasons why people still keep going back and mm -hmm. keep trying to maintain that relationship and keep it like a good thing, you know? Right. It's And it's like, it's you're in survival mode too, mm -hmm. doing that. It's like in order, it's like you're surviving because it's like the truth is like, so in intense and insane to deal with that like you're just not ready to do that yet and so you're doing your best and it's like when you're in survival mode like you're gonna keep returning to the scene of the crime like mm -hmm. until you're you have the like wherewithal to disengage fully and it's like you know it's like it's a process I feel like even though we're talking about like going back and stuff I feel like the same is true with why you stay in the relationship to begin with like why we stayed for seven years right. like you feel like you put all this into it mm -hmm. and you kind of gave up a little bit of yourself to do it and now you feel like you need to you can you can make this a positive thing you can mm -hmm. you can leave here without all those regrets like if you left right. now you would feel bad about yourself or have regrets or and I think you think you can flip it around right yeah especially when so many people knew your mom as a playmate you don't want you're like damn do I want to like tarnish my reputation exactly. like when you're known as that thing you want to try and make it good for as long as you can I feel I feel yeah. like that's a little part of it too definitely you don't want to disappoint all these people yeah. <laughs> and like and that's exactly what she did she pissed a lot of people off and it's mm -hmm. like she lost lifelong friends for it so it's mm -hmm. like it all makes so much sense um, we left the mansion in early 2000 or late 2008, early 2009. Um, when we were there, you were still pretty much a teenager, but you became more involved, sort of like coming up more often and on your own after we left. Yeah. Tell us what the mansion was like after we were gone. So it was like, I don't know, like how, like, if you were, were you still there when they like, you had to buy tickets to like go to the parties? We left right before. And like, I, right as that was changing. Right before. Yeah, that's like, I went to like a few of those parties and I was like, I'm done coming to the parties. Like once like people could buy tickets, it was just like not the vibe. It mm -hmm. used to be so cool to go to those parties. But I was going to the parties when I was like, mostly when I was like 17, which is <laughs> yeah. like crazy. And then it was more just like going up very regularly, like on Sundays mm -hmm. for either like Sunday fun day 
birthday or like for the movie night and like everyone like was watching the movie and I'm like drinking dirty martinis and like having a blast. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like loving it. So I mean, I was was wild when I was young and like, you know, I definitely took advantage of that open bar and had so much fun doing it. And people could be like, well, that's a dangerous environment for your parents to bring you around. But it's Mm -hmm. like, I was doing that anywhere I went. At least I was like quite safe there doing it. So but yeah, so it was definitely became like, you know, once I was like 15, 16, like that I started like drinking there, like, and that's when it was like a whole new world <laughs> for me. But after you left, it was, yeah, the parties sucked. <laughs> and it was more just like kind of going there like on Sundays and yeah, just didn't have as much like magic, I guess. Like once you started getting older, I feel like it just kind of felt a little like, yeah, it just wasn't as like magical, like feeling there. Like even Easter, I'd be like, like, this isn't like fun the way it used to be. Like things felt, it just, I don't know. Maybe it was because I was like, maybe like slowly, like getting prepared to like see the truth. I don't know. But yeah, just there wasn't that same magic. Like um, probably when I was like in my early twenties, it started to feel a little weird there. Did you ever go out with Hef and the girls? I, w- I have a picture of me <laughs> when I was like 15. Um, I'm like, it's like you and um, Holly in the picture. Yeah. Oh, fine. <laughs> Wait, you, you came out with us? Yeah. To the club when you're 15? Well, I think, okay. Like I was, I went out, like there was another girl that I went with. Like that was like one of the like regulars daughter. Like I went with her. And we were all, we were, dancing. Oh, I was dancing with half and like, he was so happy I was there. It was hilarious. Oh, that's funny. So you didn't like, you didn't like line up and get in the limo and go out with no. half. You just were at the same I, club. That, and, then- and that's the only time. That was just that one time. And other than that, it was just like going to his, the parties at his house. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was one spot in the, in the Secrets of Playway part two, where you said um, that you went out with half and then they didn't like ask anything more about it and I was like what oh it's my mom said that part like she was like oh Katie will kill me because I there were oh, yes that's what there it was were, there are a number of stories I could have brought up mm-hmm. that I chose not to because I again I didn't want the tv show to sensationalize yeah. anything like you know it's like I like there was a, a rock star I met when I was 17 at the party that I went on a date with he was 35 like I could have brought that kind of stuff up but I knew like they would like want to twist it maybe. Yeah. And like, I'm like, this isn't what this is about for me. This is like me supporting my mom, not giving like people dirt. So tell me about like the end of the times. I know you said that it started to lose its magic, but what kind of what was going on at the end there? And what what made you finally stop going? Um, I, I think it was just like on some level, I knew the truth even without knowing it, if that makes really? sense. Yeah, I feel because my mom was not, she wasn't going up there anymore. So it was like, I, even though like I, w- I wasn't supporting her technically, I, on some level I was. Like I was like, oh wait, something's not right. Like about me being here anymore. Like, but yeah, I think it just was actually also very sad for me mm-hmm. because this man that had been a staple of my whole life was dying yeah. and I'm not good with death. Mm-hmm. I've had very few like, people die in my life and um even then it was like I kept my distance until like the very end like I I think that was like really like so sad for me to be like wait this and like the the mansion was like a place I went to throughout my whole life that was all going to be gone soon so I think on some level I like removed myself before like it got more real like or something I don't know I think it was just really sad for me like I was like it's over yeah It just, there was like a, there was just a magic that was gone. Like, 
it left the building. It was just like not the same place anymore. Yeah. I think in the documentary, didn't you talk about Hef kind of getting frail and Yeah, and I think seeing him like that um made me sad. And it's not because it's like I was like, oh, like Hef's like old now. Like what what a bummer. Like how boring. It was like so sad for me. Yeah. I loved him and I didn't want to see him dying. Like that like broke my heart. Like it was just really sad for me that's all it was was just yeah. like I felt genuinely like heartbroken that like this force of my life was leaving the earth and and you said you did go to the memorial yeah I did yeah I did and I was like and I was really upset I thought my mom would go and I really just I think it was because I just wanted to like believe in like their fairy tale still and like that you know oh she'll come for this you know and it's like no of course she wouldn't but like yeah, I was still kind of sad that she didn't want to be there, but it was, yeah, it was, I don't know how I, like, being there for the memorial was, I cried, but it was also just, there was kind of like a darkness, like a dark energy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, ominous. For the rest of our Katie interview and a ton more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel.